Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Many people have stories now, Neil, of coming back to Singapore, mm. of, you know, the harrowing experiences of getting their loved ones back together. And uh, you have a very good friend here who has experienced that. I do. Shoba Tsering Bala. She is a CEO and editor in chief of uh, India SE Media, been a journalist in this part of the world. For, for many, many decades. And she wrote a Facebook po- post earlier this week that went viral because, look, it's very easy for us sitting here to be critical of, oh, these terrible, selfish people returning and bringing the virus back with them, you know, all these imported cases that have sure. spiked yep, yep. in recent weeks. So I thought it would be very, very interesting to speak to Shoba because she wrote this piece on Facebook that, as mm. I say, went viral. And it basically described in quite considerable harrowing detail of just what an experience it actually is flying from from a country like the UK, which has a number of cases and deaths, back to Singapore. And we shouldn't be so quick to judge that people are taking selfish business trips or whatever, whatever. There are very valid reasons Mm. why people are still continuing to travel and Shoba being one of them. And I thought it would be perfect to speak to her just to give that insight. So let's do that. Shoba, good morning. Welcome to Weekend Mornings. How are you doing? Good morning, Glenn. I'm fine, thanks. And hello, Neil. Hello, Shoba. Lovely to hear from you. So I think to give a perspective for our listeners, tell us first your unbelievable story. So I'll just set it up a little bit for the listeners. You're in the UK. I believe you're visiting your daughter. Yes. And then the news comes through in the UK while yes. you are there that they're about to go into lockdown. What happens next? Right. You know, we were getting a bit worried. First of all, we were worried that nothing much was happening by way of, uh, you know, measures put into place. And we'd been reading about what was happening in Italy and how Singapore was taking such strong measures. And uh, I had been booked to go back via Calcutta on Oman, uh, Qatar Airways, and suddenly they say no more or nobody from Qatar can go to India and definitely not to Singapore. So we were in a real flap because we hadn't planned to leave so early. Plus, there was I, a senior citizen, without health insurance because I come in a hurry to, to see my daughter. It was a surprise engagement party. She had, uh, she was in, uh, her fiancé gave her, a, and, uh, was engaged, got engaged to her and it was a surprise for all of us. So I rushed off. At that time, my husband was in Bali, and he didn't. He had just reached Bali, so I was the closest in Calcutta. I got a ticket overnight to stay only about three plus weeks. No, actually, almost four weeks. And then this happened. We were in such a tizzy, so I booked my ticket by Singapore Airlines because everybody advised me don't travel by any other airline only singapore airlines come directly back never mind calcutta never mind anywhere else come straight back to singapore my husband was really in a tizzy and so was my daughter and uh, you know having an oldie like me over there was an added uh, responsibility for them so 
So let me just interrupt you this show for one second. I, I don't want to get too personal, but when you you say you're a senior citizen, you would be in that in that age band that's considered to be more vulnerable. Would that be correct in the exactly UK? exactly so, plus underlying health issues? Right. So you've got underlying health issues. You're in that age bracket, and you have to get to the airport quickly. What happens next? Yes. So what happened was we bought a ticket for the fifth of April. Two days later, in the middle of the night, we get an email saying that it's been cancelled. Singapore Airlines is not flying on the 5th of April. We just didn't know what to do at 6 a.m. I had packed the night before to evacuate ourselves to Bristol, where my daughter's in-laws were. They said, you have to come and stay with us. It's got more space and it's safer than London. And uh, so I quickly hurriedly packed my bag to go when we saw this at 6 a.m. in the morning. Off I rushed to the airport because that was the only way to get hold of Singapore Airlines. The phones were jammed. I couldn't get through High Commission or anything. So the best uh, course was to rush to the airport. It took us less than less time than usual because the streets were half empty. I mean, it, there, uh, during rush hour, surprisingly, uh, there weren't as many cars as there used to be. So we got there pretty early and it was almost empty, the airport. Only a few airlines, I think, were functioning. Singapore Airlines was the main one. Most of them were students, all going back from Malaysia and Singapore, and some Chinese students, and Chinese travelers, possibly en route to China or somewhere via Singapore. And when, you, and when you get to the airport, so on your post, I mean, you actually see people in full medical suits, I'm correct? Yes, that suits, and that got so frightening, but... I noticed that they were mostly China Chinese, all young students, some of them tourists and all that. And there were some poor Chinese tourists begging to be let on. And I could hear the, you know, the, the airport official saying, you can't. You've been in France for less than two weeks. How can you expect to be on board? I don't know what happened to them. But uh, in any case, there were several of us who couldn't get on that flight. We were told there's nothing for 15 days. You can't get on any flight for 15 days. Singapore Airlines has no flights. But you can try and come back at night because there's a 3 a.m. flight. But what we did was we thought we'd stay on because I saw a few other students, young people standing in a queue, not letting up. And we thought we'll wait till everybody's boarded. And, you know, as luck would have it, at the last minute, I think there were some no-shows. Mm. I and a few other students were given seats. Can you believe it? And in 15 minutes, I had to run what normally takes, I think, about 30 minutes. And it was so touching because there was this young uh, Malaysian Chinese student from London School of Economics who sort of uh, had been chatting with my daughter and uh, my son-in-law-to-be and uh, when he saw me that I was getting onto the flight, he sort of realized that I was in a very frightening, I'm very worried, and I couldn't keep up with the rest of them. So he slowed his pace and he walked along with me to keep me company and just to ensure that I don't get left behind before they close the doors. Uh, but it was frightening to see people in hazmat suits. When I went in, there were rows of them. There were people like everybody was covered in masks. Of course, even the stewardesses, even the flight attendants, you know. But to see people in real hazmat suits, 
I felt like I was in a hospital. Uh, we're speaking with Shoba Sering Bala on her uh, harrowing flight back from the UK to Singapore. And uh, Shoba, what are, what are some of the lessons that you took away from this uh, from this moment? You know, it was such a last minute thing. Obviously, there's a lot of emotion around uh, people being sick and and wanting to make sure you get flights home and all that. What what sort of broader lessons do you take away from your experience? One thing I'll say is always get health insurance before you leave. Ah, good one. It never occurred to me. It never, and I couldn't, last minute my husband was trying to do it because everything was so rushed. Even when I left on Qatar Airways for Calcutta, it was last minute. We knew something was in the offing, but and then they were having, besides that, they also had a ceremony. So it looked bad. I mean, my husband said, one of us has to go, and he was stuck in Bali. So I got my ticket within 15 hours and I was out of Calcutta. So I wasn't even prepared. And, you know, I had never thought that I'd need to have health insurance. This was so stupid of me. The other thing is, um, the other thing is, I think, always travel. And I don't mean to be a marketing, uh, do a marketing spiel for Singapore Airlines, but always travel in your own country's national carrier. Mm. And we're lucky we have Singapore Airlines as our national carrier. Because the kind of comfort I got, and my husband kept saying from Singapore, please don't take any other airline. The kind of comfort and uh, security I felt just seeing the Singapore Airlines logo and the people there. I, You know, in Heathrow itself, I felt like I was already halfway home. But, you know, I was so scared I might catch the um, the, the bug. Because it was, I think it was floating all around me. You know, I, I can't be sure even till now. It's the eighth day or seventh day of my home quarantine. And I'm hoping everything's going to be all right. On that point, uh, Shoba, you know, you said you was happy to be back in Singapore. What were some of the differences you saw Heathrow Airport versus Changi Airport or just London generally versus Singapore? Because some of the criticism that we have seen from here is that yes. the UK is just not as prepared, not as organised, not as many testing, not as much testing is taking place compared to Singapore. What were some of the differences you saw between the two cities? Well, very apparently, it was so apparent in Heathrow, no testing. People were just still coming from wherever. I mean, the fact that you had so many Chinese tourists coming from various other uh, cities in Europe and not a single person, most of them didn't even have uh, face masks. Most of the officials there manning the various desks, nobody with face masks. And in fact, one of the uh, officials was so harassed when my daughter thanked him so much, thanked him for helping me to get on and saying how kind they were. They even sent Singapore Airlines. I think there was one of those staff who walked halfway with me up to the um, security that, you know, he was almost in tears. He says, you don't know what we've had to put up with, the kind of people and the kind of hassles we've had to put up with. So that was very apparent. Well, luckily, you're now, sorry to interrupt you, Shoba, now you're back, you're in isolation, I believe you, so when you arrived back to Singapore, you was immediately told to go into isolation, which you're halfway through now? Yes. I was very surprised because the way they were all organised, there was, I mean, there were, there were checkers right from the time we came out of the plane, right up to the um, uh, immigration, and every, like, three, four feet, there would be somebody guiding you where to go. And uh, they made us fill up a form and uh, uh, go into isolation. There was no question about it. They took all our particulars 
And I'm not somebody who's, who, who doesn't listen to rules, especially my husband. So I've been really following the rules. Yeah, I'm very shocked that in, in, in the UK, there was, everything was so haphazard. People were grumbling. I know that, you know, my daughter, her family, I mean, her fiancé and the family, everyone, nobody knew exactly what was going to happen. It was all second-guessing, even for work. Even for work, there was nothing really clear-cut about, there was some, like, my daughter's office didn't clearly say, because they weren't told that they had to keep, uh, make everybody go and work from home. Yeah. Well, you Shoba, know. we're certainly glad that you're back, and and of course uh, you'll have a, another week or so in in your in your home, uh, you're staying at home. But uh, Shoba Sering Bala, thank you so much for uh, giving us a, the update on your story. Uh, what an interesting <laughs> story it is! Thanks for joining That's us cool. on Weekend Mornings. Thank you, Glenn. I hope everyone stays safe, all of you. Thank you, Shoba. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.